what this is about two weeks until show day yes yeah. is the rehearsal schedule just <laughs> epically crazy yes <laughs> <laughs> From NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. My two guests this episode are getting ready for a big show. It's a show you may have heard about. It's a show I personally love. Here, I'll give you a hint. A number. 525,600 minutes. Rent, y'all. I'm talking about rent. My guest today, director Michael Greif and actor Brandon Victor Dixon. Two members of the team bringing Rent live to your TV very soon. 525,600 minutes. 525,000 This Sunday, January 27th, Fox is bringing the groundbreaking 1996 Broadway musical to live TV. I know, my ex-theater kids, my theater lovers listening, y'all already know a lot about Rent. For the rest of you, Rent is a musical. It hit Broadway in 1996. It was written by Jonathan Larson. It won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama, the Tony Award for Best Musical. The musical is all about this group of starving artists struggling to live and love through the AIDS crisis in late 1980s New York City. And this is not an understatement, folks, when I say that Rent changed the very notion of what a musical could be. It was Hamilton before there was Hamilton. And Michael told me it was so influential to an entire generation of fans. I think we go to the theater to see ourselves, and I think a lot of people saw themselves reflected in an honest way and in a real human way. Michael is directing this new Rent Live, but he also directed that original Broadway production of Rent in 1996. And Brandon, who stars in the new show, he is a Broadway veteran as well. Brandon recently played Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar Live on NBC. He is in the Stars drama series Power, and you might know him from his time as Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Brandon was the cast member who famously addressed then-Vice President-elect Mike Pence after a production of the show back in November 2016. Hey, Vice President-elect Pence, I see you walking out, but I hope you will hear us just a few more moments. There's nothing to move here, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing to move here. We're all here sharing a story of love. There were people who were booing or cheering the vice president-elect at the time when he came in, and also there were people who booed or cheered my addressing him and what I was saying. We'll hear more about that moment later in this episode. We'll also talk about what it takes to do a Broadway show on TV, why TV musicals get such a bad rap, and why that might be changing. All right, let's get to it. Here is my chat with Michael Greif and Brandon Victor Dixon. You know, we should pause right now to actually ID all of our voices clearly. When you have three men in one interview, it can be confusing. Listeners, I'm Sam Sanders. Uh, the two of you tell folks who you are so they know each voice. I'm Michael Greif, and I'm the director of Rent Live. And I'm Brandon Victor Dixon, and I play Tom Collins in Rent Live. How many hours a day are you guys in rehearsal? The company's there for about eight hours, which means they're really there for about nine hours getting yes. ready. Mm -hmm. I think some of our company members are there for many more hours than that. And but our creatives are there for much longer. Yeah, and I tend to have a lot of meetings before and after <laughs> all the time that the actors are there. So I, I love my new home at Fox <laughs> Studios. Five days a week or seven days a week? 
uh, five days a week, but they tend to keep us busy on those other two days a week as yes, well. Yes, yes. You know, full service production. I'm sure. You know, it's it's. I don't know. I could hear some people, or see some people here in this saying, "It's one musical." A lot of y'all have done this before. <laughs> like, do you need like? Do you ever say we're rehearsing too much? Uh, no. I mean, I, I, it's certainly not with this project and this process. You know, part of it, it sure, it is one musical, and it is uh, a, a musical that is, is written and is known, but it's a, a new format. It's a, a hybrid of uh, media. And so there are new challenges. There are new things to figure out. And also, we all need time to find the the story and the heart of the piece together. You know, it, you're still making something new. And it's so important that this group, that the characters in this musical really feel like a family. It feels like they know each other well. So all of the time that we're spending, I think it really, you'll see the rewards yeah. of, of all this time that we're spending together, yeah. putting Absolutely. the piece together. I read that when you were directing the original Rent on Broadway in like 96, because you, you were the director of that first musical, you would, to unite the team, have everyone start with singing Seasons of Love together as a family. I yes. start crying even thinking about it. Oh, my God. I'm just... a little moved by that as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had to do things a little different this time. It was actually <laughs> the wonderful Keala Settle, who's actually the soloist in Seasons of Love, didn't mm-hmm. join us for a number of weeks. Oh. But I think Brandon will say that it was pretty special on that day that she did join us, along Absolutely. with some, some other spectacular new company members who joined just a few weeks ago. I think he felt, oh, our family's now complete. And, and we did, in fact, sing Seasons first on that day. Were there tears? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to, like, cut right to the chase? <laughs> it was definitely a, an emotional experience, and it continues to be. Uh, I, every aspect of this show is coming to life in very emotional ways for us um, because of the, the, the group that's been assembled and the care that all the creatives are putting into this new manifestation of the show. Yeah. You know, one of the things I th- have thought about a lot with y'all doing this live production is that when you do a thing on Broadway, you go in knowing the opening night, there's going to be some kinks, but then you'll work it out the following nights and keep perfecting the show as you perform it over and over again. There's only one shot, like in the Eminem sense of that phrase. Like, <laughs> were you most afraid of messing up on that one night that keeps you up at night and you rehearse over and over? I'm going to speak for Brandon first and then he can tell us about <laughs> what keeps him up at night. But I feel like... There's a tremendous excitement about doing it only once, and I believe that this format, this live format, especially uh, when an audience is very much a part of that format, which they will be in in this Rent Live production, I feel like you'll get a a real sense of a concert, a -a once-in-a-lifetime event. And whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that. Okay. That's there's there's also a great security in knowing that in a live event, in a live performance, anything that happens is going to be okay. It's all going to be about the way people cope, people recover, mm-hmm. people triumph over. So I, I just think it adds to the liveness, and I'm really really excited about that. Yeah, huh. I, I I often tell people when I when I do a thing, no matter how they felt about it, particularly when the things get really positive responses, I think you know I pretty much nothing I've ever done has been perfect, but it seems to have been right or effective, and that's all I I look for. You know what we do is not going to be perfect, but as long as we put our our hearts and our our efforts towards it, it will be what it's supposed to be. Yeah. 
Are there certain technical things that the production can do to help with whatever mistakes might happen that night? Like, is there a delay? Can you pan to a different camera if you need to? Like, are those things built in? Yes, there are. There's certainly a number of camera shots built in. So, yes, certainly. And we have an extraordinary, extraordinary camera director who's working so closely with us. We're in constant contact about what story we're trying to tell, what are the important close-ups, what moment do I get to convey, you know, in a way on the small screen that I've never been able to convey before. And I have such unbelievable trust in Alex Rosinski that I, I know that... We, they'll, there's like a great big safety net in his experience and his abilities. Alex is And I who? will say, Alex is the camera director gotcha. for our production. And Alex was also the camera director for Jesus Christ Superstar. And I, I will say... Which you were in. The, yes, which I was in. And I, I'm unfamiliar with all of the technical details behind the scenes, but I will say... After we did our our Saturday run through with a full audience in Jesus Christ Superstar, oh, you have an I did audience for the run through. Oh yeah, no, we we you know because you we do it at least once just to get the full yeah. vested experience of what it is. Yeah. and you know after doing it that first time, I felt a great level of security in you know almost as if you know half the battle was over. Yeah, for both of you, what is the biggest difference in the way you rehearse? for a production that will only happen one time versus putting something on Broadway that you will do for months? For me, it's a lot about trusting what the camera can do and the story that the camera can tell. There, There's a precision and uh, a real urgency about every moment that the camera really picks up and you can't lie about that. So I think as a performer, I think the, the, the only real difference is in recognizing, like you said before, we are... Usually with a, a live show, we're going to have an opening and then we'll have a series of previews where we mm-hmm. get to really investigate mm-hmm. what we put on our feet. And um, the thing to, I have to remember here is that it's, you know, you need to you need to investigate it now. <laughs> Find it now. <laughs> you know, and, and Brandon was an unbelievable help to me. I'm, I've actually, I haven't said this to him. I'm saying it to him oh. with a lot of people listening. Same. You know, his recognition of I've got to be investigating it now I mean, he really set the bar in rehearsal for like showing up and really like taking every moment extremely seriously. Tell me, how you an actually, example of that? Well, you know, just as soon as 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 soon as we learned a song, to be able to commit to that song completely emotionally, to take every choice as far as he could take that choice, <laughs> you know, and and that sort of sets a tone for the rest of the people in rehearsal to think. Oh, okay. I got to show up with my A game. Yeah, I now. mean, we're really we're really doing it. It's like day three, but we're really doing it. So that has been a, an enormous help to me. And by the time we're here, two weeks away, a lot of this play really feels lived in. Yeah, you know, these these guys feel like they know each other, and like, and they know how to uh, evoke the stuff that each one of these songs and scenes requires of them. All right, time for a break. When we come back, Brandon and Michael tell me why they think TV musicals get a bad rap nowadays. And later, Brandon talks about what it was like that night when he talked to Mike Pence from the stage of Hamilton. BRB. Support for this podcast and the following message come from BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment at your convenience. Get help at your own time and your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions. Plus, 
Chat and text with your therapist. Visit BetterHelp.com NPR to learn more and get 10% off your first month. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. I'm Peter Sagal. Come try the only show that treats the news the way it deserves to be treated, roughly, with lots of tasteless comments. That's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on the NPR One app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The thing about Rent is that it's set in a very specific time and place, but in many ways it feels timeless. Like, I mean, this thing is set in New York City, 1989, struggling artists, love, the HIV AIDS crisis, art, dreams, disappointments. Like, do you think that audiences seeing it now for the first time will have it resonate with them as strongly Oh, absolutely. I think it's important that we understand that particular moment in time because I think it affects the character's psychology so fully. Like uh, their HIV diagnoses meant something very a, specifically in 91. Yeah. Yes, that death sentence that it doesn't necessarily mean today. And I don't mean to say in any way that people aren't still struggling yeah. and that we aren't having way too many people dying of AIDS still. But it's very important that we understand, you know, specifically how Roger and Mimi and Collins and Angel and other characters in the play are dealing with that psychology. On the other hand, so many of Rent's themes, which are about choosing a family, finding that the way you measure your life is through the way in which you're able to give love and to feel love. You receive the love that you put out. The feeling of worthiness. I think one of the most interesting aspects of Rent is how Roger and Mimi in some ways feel unworthy mm. of life. They feel as mm. if they don't deserve mm. to to continue to live. And even without that death sentence hanging over them, I know we, we are in a crisis in terms of how many young people in our country now are feeling that sense of worthlessness. Mm -hmm. They don't feel a purpose. They don't see it. And we have to find ways in which we're telling people, especially young people, that they are worthy of love, mm. that they deserve to be here. Mm. So, I mean, those themes, which have always sort of been, I think, what has made Rent so important to so many generations, you know, they, they resound today as fully as they've ever needed to be heard. Also, the songs are just damn good. And the sound, the songs are damn good. They are, you know. And you come back to that, and you know, you f I forget that, mm. and then, and then I'm in the presence of those songs, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, Jonathan. <laughs> I mean, that is really, 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 really a great melody, mm -hmm. and that, and it's the appropriate melody, and it's the right voice in that char for that character. Yeah. Great, great music. You know, one thing that is obviously still so true. As true as it was then, and it's true now, is like the rent is still too damn high. Like <laughs> people can't pay the rent. And you know, what I love about rent is that it talks about this idea of a creative class that can't afford to be creative. And it feels like it's even more visible now in this era of really stark income inequality where like it seems like everyone is just kind of always struggling. No, absolutely. I, I think the thing for me is uh, when you talk about, you know, the rent is still damn high. It's yes, yes. Also, the, the, the cost of loving oneself can also mm. still be too damn high. You mm. know, the cost of taking care of oneself or one, one's loved ones is too damn high. Mm. The cost of having the mental and emotional bandwidth to think about what, you know, the, the who the, what the people you have voted for to run your country or to, to have the, 
the bandwidth to think about these things the rent is is too damn high you uh-huh. know and i and i think those are the the other elements that i think are are relevant about our show and powerful about our show is that you you see people fighting to to remind each other that the love we give ourselves and each other is of the utmost importance even amongst all these 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 struggles these elements that are that are pressurizing our lives and our environments and pulling us apart yeah and also it's just good in the midst of all those pressures to be able to take what two two and a half hours and watch a really fun musical on TV? <laughs> you yes, know, it will be, it will be nice that, to sit that, down and watch a musical together. Yeah. And 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 this version has some spectacular spectacular choreography by Sonia Tai as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. so this um so there's some different choreography than we might have seen mm-hmm. in the Broadway production. Mm-hmm. How did you Absolutely. create that? And like, what are you trying to speak to with that choreography? Just having the opportunity to uh, reinvestigate some of the material in ways. Uh, I actually met Sonia a couple of years ago. I'd seen her work on television, but uh, Sonia started choreographing a number of plays, uh, some plays off-Broadway that I got to see, and I thought she had such an incredible sense of how a tribe could get uh, created. This was uh, a play called The Lucky Ones that Mm. I loved so much. And then uh, I think Sonia actually reached out to me and said, I want you to know that uh, I'm a big fan of Rent. And that moves me so incredibly to to know that so many of the spectacular theater artists that are working today have been influenced, been inspired by Rent. I've heard that over the years, and it really, Mm -hmm. it moves me tremendously. And to have uh, Jason Sherwood, our great production designer, set designer, also, you know, when I got to talk to him, like, let me know, like, what a big rent head he was. You know, the love for the material and the opportunity for some of these people who haven't had the opportunity to work on it before has really exploded our process in a fantastic way. Yeah. You know, there is, I was reading up a lot about the resurgence TV musical over the last few years. And one of the things I thought could be a challenge for both of you in doing this work is that the general writer's set and critic's set, the way they talk about the very idea of musicals on TV is almost dismissive and sneering. Do you ever feel that? I think the one thing that you encounter is that I think everybody recognizes that it is a difficult, it's a difficult it's arena. Hard to do. You know, yeah. it's hard to translate live theater to television. It just is. Mm-hmm. And so certain material translates better than others. So I, I think it's, beca- I think it might be because of everybody's love for live theater and for these productions that there's an apprehension when they, when they're going to approach new territory. But uh, I, I, I find that that sentiment is adjusting dramatically, okay. I think. Michael, do you see it as well, this kind of stigma? I'm going to piggyback on what Brandon said, and I do feel like it's adjusting, and I think we're moving in in really the right direction. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, you know, if we talk about Jesus Christ Superstar, you know, the I think the last uh, musical on television we saw, you know, there was a vitality to it. There was an aliveness to it. There was, it was a, a sense hit. of... Oh, I'm so excited to be seeing this on television. I'd also love to see it live. There's yeah. like this is a version of this. Yeah. And I feel like what we're doing with Rent is we're doing a version of it, mm-hmm. but I'm really hoping that what it does is it makes people want to see other versions of it as well. Yeah. It's why I'm so excited to be doing so many things in this musical differently than I've ever done them before. On the other hand, there's a couple of like iconic moments that I've hoped to retain, you know, and like I, give me one. 
oh, we actually just worked on Without You just yesterday in rehearsal. <laughs> oh. and it was a lot of conversation about, yeah. you know, is this a theatrical idea or is this an idea that can work on, that can work for the camera? Can the camera tell the story in a good way? What did you change you know? to make it work for camera? Oh, I'm going to make you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. You'll see about that. Okay. But there are other, there are other sections where, you know, I think I've... I, I, I really very consciously chose to let's reimagine this and let's set this in a different time and place. And oh. so Can you I, I'm give excited us a hint about, about one of the reimaginations. Yeah, I think like I think I think to. people will see Seasons of Love in a different way than they've seen it before. Tell me mm-hmm. more. No, no. January 27th, Samuel. It is it is in my <laughs> calendar, sir. <laughs> so y'all mentioned uh, a Jesus Christ Superstar, which was a hit. Um, and Brandon, you were in that uh, whole production, and I was. strangely enough, on my show when that when that show happened, we talked to one of the makeup artists from that production. His name is Joe Delude, mm-hmm. and yeah. he was great. He's a fan of the show. We called in, and we talked, and one of the things he told me that I'd never thought about before was that he told me that during the commercial breaks. The performers and the actors and the ensemble, they would be in the audience to hype the audience up. Is that for real? Certainly during our commercial breaks, there was interaction with audience members really? among some never of the think cast that. members. What would y'all do? Well, I mean, well, here's the thing. There's a balance. You know, there part of it is just the nature of how that uh, that show was designed. You mm-hmm. know, so there, you know, the audience is there in the mosh, literally the mosh feet pit. away from yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. And during commercial breaks, you're doing changeovers. You're changing shirts. You're changing. So there's a natural energy, I think, uh, a live energy to the concert feel of it, so that it contributed to interaction. But I will say. For for my part, Judas did not interact with the audience. <laughs> Judas kept his distance, and he observed. Because well, they would have Judas thrown should. tomatoes at Judas. Come That's on, that, well, I, I think you saw a different production than I did. I there was a lot of love for Judas out there, my friend. I I, I, I'm just thinking biblically. Um, what will are you planning to have audience interaction with Rent Live? Yeah, I think that's going to be a really exciting part of this. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, Rent is always sort of. It, a component to Rent has always been the concert version. You know, that original production was very much about some direct interaction with an audience song sung directly to the audience. And I think we're really incorporating many of those moments here, too. It also seems as if this implies that the relationship between the actors and the audience is inherently different with these live TV productions. I think it's becoming different. Okay. I mean, I think as they're developing, a new language is forming, which involves that interaction. I think if we think back to those first musicals, there was no interaction. Mm-hmm. I think in those very first musicals, you didn't even hear applause at the end of songs. Really? Sometimes we went yeah. to commercial. That's got to be sometimes weird. That was tough. Really tough. So I feel like little by little taking the notion of it being a live event, you know, glimpsing behind the scenes, watching how scenes transform, uh, looking at actual scene changes of Vista at those commercial breaks. I mean, that became a part of it mm-hmm. until uh, now I think we're investigating a real concert setting in which we're anxious to see the audience's involvement and 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 to see the effect it's having on them in that room and to see if that's part of what we feel when we're watching at home. All right, time for one more break. Brandon on talking to Mike Pence, what he remembers about that night and why he was not nervous at all. Be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Hinge. 
Hinge is the dating app that's designed to be deleted. It's for people who want to get off dating apps. Show off your personality with icebreaker prompts and see who likes you so you can easily start a conversation. On Hinge, three out of four first dates lead to second dates. And they're the number one dating app mentioned in the New York Times wedding section. Download Hinge in the Apple Store or Google Play. As soon as you wake up, you need the latest. And that is why Up First is here. It is NPR's morning news podcast. In just 10 minutes, you can start your day informed. Listen to Up First on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brandon, you do TV and you do stage. You're in Power, one of my Aunt Betty's favorite shows. Uh, Hey, Aunt Betty. (laughs) She's going to love that. Let me tell you, we talked to Jennifer Lewis last year, and at the end of the interview, I had Jennifer Lewis call my Aunt Betty. She almost died. So she's going to love, love, love. She she always plays snippets for her church lady friends when she's on the show. Oh, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, she loves you. Uh, But... Speaking of power and your work in TV and your work on stage, what is the biggest difference when you go from one to the other for you? I say to people, uh, very generally, I say sometimes I feel like um, in theater, I'm I'm making a series of things, and in t- when I'm doing television, I have to do a series of things, and it and it, and it makes a difference. I think just in how, uh, but I, but I think that depends on whatever project I'm really working on. Um, but I find that I, I told somebody the other day that when the energy is right on stage or on screen, like when you're when you're on set or when you're on stage, you know that is exactly the same. And that is a thing that you can trust from process to process. But every creative project is different. So I, I enjoy investigating them all. Yeah. I would be remiss talking to you, Brandon, and not talking about another little musical that you've been involved in. Uh, folks may have heard of it. It's called Hamilton. <laughs> Um, and you had an iconic moment while doing that production uh, near the start of the Trump administration. You were the one on stage who spoke directly to now Vice President Mike Pence. You know, we had a, a, a guest in the audience this evening. And Vice President-elect Pence, I see you walking out, but I hope you will hear us just a few more moments. There's nothing to do here, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing to do here. We're all here sharing a story of love. We have a we have a message for you, sir. We hope that you will hear us out. And I encourage everybody to pull out your phones and tweet and post because this message needs to be spread far and wide, okay? Vice President-elect Pence, we welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here at Hamilton and American Musical. We really do. We, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us. Our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. How did you have the presence of mind to deliver such a clear statement after such a taxing production? We wrote it down. Okay. That helped. Sorry okay. about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were riffing. <laughs> no, okay. sir. Okay. No, That's sir. good acting. <laughs> um, but also, you know, I- I'll tell you, the-, the thing that made it easiest beyond uh, beyond believing in the statement and beyond feeling, you know, feeling like it was something that, that needed to be said is that I was standing on stage with a group of 
of friends mm-hmm. and family members and a diverse group of friends and family members who stood in solidarity with me. Like, you know, it's easier to do anything when you have family and friends in support of you. And particularly when you're speaking a very nonpartisan message of unity. I mean, the, the message was so innocuous that I also felt very comfortable saying it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not innocuous, but certainly... Uh, coming, nonpartisan, coming, yes, me. and coming from a place uh, of of unity and fairness and yes. justice and the values we all hold. Yeah, we all yeah. hold. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what was it like doing that show? Everything was so charged around that time. The election had just been done. There was this weird energy in the air. Things all over. a little testy right now, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like in that in that. Because I'm sure the audience didn't like that he was there, and it was just... Was it hard to just do the musical that night? Look, during during that time, it's a very political show, and but it's also... It's a, it's a show that audiences respond to on a very regular basis anyway. So even before the election, it's just the kind of energy that the show is surrounded by. Um, but the other thing is, you know, I, I, I think you you shouldn't make assumptions about uh, the... the group of people or the kinds of people who come to a Broadway show or come to Hamilton there were people who were booing or cheering uh, the the vice president elect at the time when he came in and also there were people who booed or cheered my addressing him and what I was saying you know mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's a, you know we always like to make assumptions about our, our, our politics and about you know our communities and that I think that's something we have to we have to hesitate to do but um but again, I'm very glad that we decided to engage in the conversation. I'm glad that our producers wanted to use their platform to do that. And I, I hope I'm glad that it did. And I hope it continues to encourage people to speak up, to approach your elected representatives. They are there to listen to our voices. That's specifically why they are uh, working. And it is such a full circle moment hearing us talk about Hamilton and Rent, because in many ways, it seems as if there would not be a Hamilton if there were not to rent, I think it's hard to overstate the folks be. that didn't live through that era. Like, as big as Hamilton has been for us, rent was just as big, if not bigger, then. And it changed the way that we conceptualized what a musical can do and be in the culture, you know? And, 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 Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and it's like... I don't know, like, your challenge isn't to make newcomers to this musical see that in the TV production, but... I hope they see that. <laughs> I hope yeah, they Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of trust that they will see that. Yeah. You know, I, I think that there's still a lot of people who don't have the kind of exposure that I think Brandon and I take for granted. Mm. I remember my very own little young days sitting watching that television and, and, and having my mind blown by a lot of things that I saw for the first time mm. on PBS, you know, the Tony Awards. So I think there are going to be some, some hearts and minds opened and expanded, even though they... They had no idea that it was coming to them. Yeah. It's also beautifully uh, democratic. I couldn't afford to go to a Broadway show until I was well into my 20s. <laughs> and even then, I got the worst seats in the house. And to be able to say to the entire country, if you want to see one of the best musicals there is with some of the best folks doing it, just hit that button and it's right there for you on January 27th. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I, if I could, would talk to you both for 525,600 minutes. Uh, But I'm sure you both are quite busy getting ready for this production. I know y'all are going to do so well, and I can't wait to watch you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Sam. We appreciate it. Thanks again to Michael Greif and Brandon Victor Dixon. 
Be sure to check out Rent Live this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. I'll be doing so. You'll probably see me tweeting about it. Vanessa Hudgens is in this. R&B singer Mario is in this. RuPaul Drag Race star Valentina is in this. It's going to be big. Also, listeners, I know some of you hear me say this every week, and you never do it. Stop hiding. Share with me the best thing that happened to you all week. Just record yourself and send that file to me at samsanders at npr.org. samsanders at npr.org. You might hear yourself in our Friday wrap or even on the radio. All right, I'll be back in your feeds on Friday. Till then, thanks for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon. 